Welcome to the But Here We Go podcast coming at you from I-44 in rural Missouri. (laughs) That is right. We are on the road driving home from camping with the fam. What do you think, Allie? How's that view? That view is beautiful. It's smoking for some reason. Like, you want to be on our podcast? Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll let you know when I have some questions for you. Okay, perfect. So, as I said, we are on our way home from camping. And so we went to Merrimack State Park. This is in outside of Sullivan, Missouri. And what are your, what was your experience like on this trip, Allie? On the road trip or the camping trip? On both. Well, the road trip was interesting. Um, I have only been to Missouri one time, and that was to Branson. I was probably 12, so I don't remember much of it, other than it being godforsakenly hot. We did pass a house with a Confederate flag on the way in, so I definitely felt like (laughs) we were in some interesting territory. Camping, the campsite was good. Lots of caves here, which, again, living in Texas, we don't have a lot of caves There are a lot in this part of Missouri, which is interesting. However, it started to thunderstorm at about one o'clock last night. And so we slept through a severe thunderstorm and woke up uh, with our tent in a puddle. Um, And so we packed up and now we're back on the road going home. Yep. Yeah, I really enjoyed the road trip. It was a lot of fun doing the driving. We seemed to take a very tortuous route. It was not exactly as straight and cut and dry as you would expect. But whose fault was that? That was nobody's fault. I think there were multiple reasons that we ended up going that way. There were there were several accidents, several locations where Google said it would be faster to take back roads. So we ended up on this on this crazy route, but we got to see part of the countryside. Let's check in with our littlest passenger, Jacob. Jacob, sir, Jacob. Jake, what's your favorite part of the driving? Pine uh, cow and luck and like a potato for mommy. And I love mommy and daddy and potato for mommy to die. And I like my family. And for why? Oh no, it's good. You can keep talking. Yeah, you can keep talking. Thank you, Jacob, for that wonderful story about family and so, love. So talking about the caves, this area of Missouri, we are in an area that has large sections of carbonate rocks. And because of the, the hydrogeology, that's ultimately why you've got a bunch of caves in this area because of where the carbonates sit in relation to the water table and how much rainfall and, and the rivers and all of that stuff. And we do actually have caves in Texas. They're all more in the hill country where you do have a similar, it's like a similar area where you've got caves you get caves where you've got a a large section of carbonates 
that are at the right depth, basically. Okay, okay, cool. Let's go cave spelunking. Yeah. We've hit, a, we've hit a traffic jam. Well, no, I don't think you wanted to go there. Yeah, that would have been... But that would have gotten you back to Devil's Elbow, right? Oh, yeah, I could have taken the elbow. Well, now we're now we're committed. Now we're committed. Well, we're hey, stuck. it's better for the audio. It is. It is better for the audio. Overall, the I enjoyed the camping. It was a it was a nice little area. It it was different. It was different than camping in Texas. How how so? I don't know. It was just different. A different vibe. Yeah, I think it was just a different vibe. Maybe because of the size of the of the camping area. Hmm. Because there were. It was very large, lots of room, lots of lots of stuff, and that's it. Well, you want to hop into Headlines with Allie? Yeah, let's jump into okay, the Headlines I, with Allie. Let me just say, uh, one, we're going to see how this works with me pulling it up while recording. But um, I have been so excited about these articles, and it has been very difficult for me not to talk to you about them this whole week in preparation for this recording. So we're going to hop into the one that I'm most excited about, and then we'll finish with the one I'm least excited about. Okay. And you'll, that will make more sense once uh, we go over it. But an ancient tooth found in a cave proves an extinct species of archaic humans lived in Southeast Asia over 130 years ago. 130? 130 remains of a now extinct ancient human species called Denisovan. Denisovan? Do you know how to say that? No. Denisovans were found in Southeast Asia for the first time. Scientists were seeking remains from these things that I don't know how to say in the area because they knew that some of their genes have been passed on to modern human populations in Southeast Asia today. But until now, scientists had not been able to formally place them there. A single tooth more than 130,000 years old that belonged to a young Denisovan was found in a cave in Laos. And now they have pictures of this tooth. This is what I think is fascinating. Teeth, I feel like, are, no, are it's not that common to have teeth make it through the fossilization process, especially human teeth, because they're easier to break, they break down easier. And so the fact that we have a tooth that is allegedly 130,000 years old and the pictures of it, it looks like it's in pristine, here, look pristine conditions mm. i just think that's fantastic yeah oh, so by the way sorry Den- denisovans are a species of ancient humans that are like the neanderthals they have gone extinct while modern humans survived so teeth teeth are are more similar to bones and like your muscles so it's not that uncommon to have teeth and there there were several students that only worked on teeth as their dissertation at SMU. They were using teeth and the there's different things you can look at like the amount of wear. The amount of wear on the teeth tells you how old the animal was. The type of wear sometimes you can use to infer if that tooth was for eating meat or eating plants. And then the the chemistry of that tooth you can then utilize to understand what time period the tooth is from 
using like carbon dating type stuff. But then you can also from that have an idea of what the what the plant matter was like at that time. So all that to say that is really cool. The tooth itself is it's not as surprising. It's surprising. You're, you're raining a parade on this earth. No, it's very cool. It's surprising that it is only one tooth that has been found out of everything. But I'm more surprised at a tooth than like an eyeball. This is what I, I'm interested to know because if you take like 23andMe, and I, I can't speak for Ancestry.com's gene uh, DNA thing because I'm not on it, but I know for 23andMe, they'll tell you what percentage of Neanderthal you have in your DNA, and you have a very high percentage of it. I have a little bit, but I'm wondering if, because uh, it's just saying that the Denisovans is, uh, there's a, there's makeup of their DNA in people from Southeast Asia. Yep. Um, but that's not a category on 23andMe, so I'm wondering if 23andMe just like groups all of that together under Neanderthal. Potentially. Because I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, and I wonder if it if it's because of the the lack of of data on these uh Denisons. Denisovans. Denise. I'm truthfully I'm not quite sure how to how to pronounce it, but Yeah, but all that to say very cool, very exciting. Always fun to think about those things you've sold me (laughs) (laughs) okay next article that i'm not excited about you can kind of put this into the um reoccurring segment things that ali's like afraid of of, that hopefully joe will like make me feel better about about the ufos again yes did you see it no i didn't (gasps) i just saw that they were having here now keep in mind that i've been in pure panic mode for about four days since this article came out but i didn't talk to you about it just so we could talk about it on this podcast that five people listen okay pentagon now reports about 400 ufo encounters quote we want to know what's out there that's just the headline does that not just send shivers down your spine i wouldn't say it sends shivers down my spine it does make me wonder the two big questions of what are they talking about as in are they talking about extraterrestrials or are they saying look we don't actually know and there are many other people out there whether it's countries or corporations that have higher tech than us as the government have. If if I want the government protecting me and we're putting 70% of the federal budget into into government funds, I want them to be able to, you know, identify flying objects. This- not Unidentify. This is what I I kind of well let me just read the article for a while. Let's <laughs> we get haven't even we read haven't even got that was just the headline. Top Pentagon officials told a House panel on Tuesday that there are now close to four hundred reports from military personnel of possible UFO encounters, a significant increase from the one hundred forty four tracked in a major report released last year by the US intelligence community. A Navy official also said at Tuesday's hearing that investigators are reasonably confident that floating pyramid-shaped objects captured on one leaked widely seen military video were likely drones. 
That footage, which <laughs> that footage, which the military confirmed last year was authentic, had helped spur interest in perpeted UFOs, also referred to as unidentified aerial phenomenon or UAPs, UAPs, UAPs. I like that better than UFOs. Some Indiana rep Carson said that this is a potential national security threat and they need to be treated that way. They were saying that there's like a, a lot of people didn't report when they saw these sightings because there was like a, they didn't want people to think that they were crazy. And so a lot of these Makes sense. Uh, that are making up the new number are actually from like years ago that people are just now feeling more uh, comfortable reporting them. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, so you're just not concerned at all about any of this stuff. Well, I, when it comes to UFOs with the number of, of drones out there now and the number of people who can go out and just buy a drone and start flying it and when and where all of the different military tests are being done. I am not surprised that there are more encounters of of drones with military personnel simply because we don't know where the military is. We don't know where they're doing all of their tests. And if we don't know where they're doing all of their tests, it's very likely that somebody's out there trying to get some cool aerial photography and it just so happens that some fighter pilot flies past it what i um going off what you're just saying of like you're you're assuming that these are drones from other countries it could be other countries it could be it could be civilians but i think where this is a security concern is if there are are drones from other other countries that are actively looking and trying to gain security intel. Right. And these are my thoughts. One, if that's true, I kind of am happy for these other countries because America always touts it for having like the best in uh, technology and everything. And so for there to be a country that has for years been like one step ahead of us, like, well done. I'm assuming that country's Russia which, you know, we don't like Russia right now, but I'm kind of, you know, way to, because, you know, you have to have competition to have the, uh, the, that, you know, that push to, to keep going. And I feel like America needs that in order to succeed. So way to go, other country. Other thoughts is one, none of these videos or sightings were from the International Space Station. That, that rock formation over there looks pretty cool. That's, uh, we're just going to take a quick tangent. We're going to call this a geology tangent with Joe. One of the things we do while we're driving is randomly look at rocks and almost get into car wrecks. And by we, he's so, talking specifically about himself. Those look like, oh, of course, this truck gets in the way. But those look like they could be fun to rock climb on. Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, none of these sightings were from the International Space Station. So all these were terrestrial sightings, right? Because no one's seen a UFO go flying through our atmosphere from space to Earth. Yeah, I don't I don't see anything that is stating that. And by not stating that and saying we have to worry about these extraterrestrial UFOs 
then to me it's like we're we're jumping to little green men when really what we have are are people in their basement flying flying uh, toys and we just don't know who they are which again, like that's just like way to go that you do living way in your go, parents' God. basement. <laughs> that you're tricking the arguably the best military on earth. Way to go! I'm proud of you. But I will say, U.S. government, you better step it up because I don't want to keep paying that bill if we're not going to be able to identify these objects. Just saying. Um, I would like to go on the record and say I am all for um, income and property taxes of any kinds as long as they're reasonable. And so if you are going to go after anyone, government, if you're listening to this, please go after Joe. And not me. I am a law-abiding citizen, and I mean it no harm. But that does make me think of we're watching this show on Hulu called Under the Banner of Heaven, which is uh, Andrew Garfield. And I guess it's a it's based on a true story of, like, this murder spree that these fundamentalist Mormons went on back in, like, the, I want to say either late 80s or early 90s. But that was, like, their huge thing. They were this normal Mormon family. But then they went fundy, as they say, because they hated uh, the government taxing them. So are you going fundy? No, I am not going fundy. I am just saying... With all of the money that we spend on the military and the Department of Defense, I would like to think that we could identify these objects. Because it's amazing just how much money we spend with the DOD in the federal budget. But, but there's still so many things that... Well, let me rephrase it. With the amount of money we spend on DOD every fiscal year. And what is DOD? Department of Defense. Thank you. So that is all military, all all intel, all that stuff. With all that money we spend, we should be the world superpower. Not that I think that we need to be the world superpower or that we should be utilizing or strong-arming anybody with that. I'm just saying that the amount of money we're spending is not just... The returns that we're getting. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're we have we have our journalist in the field is coming in for a special report. Jacob, what would you like to say to the ladies and gentlemen listening back home? Uh, with poop and nobody fight. You're in a poop in nobody's face. What's the weather outside? Can you give us a weather report? It's cold. It's cold. Is it rainy or dry? Yeah. Clouds or no clouds? And white. White. Is white clouds? I forget white. You just I see white? Not. Okay. Uh, that was the weather report with Jacob Batir. I'm so Jake. sorry. Uh, Jake, what do you think of the DOD? What do you think of the, the, the U.S. government? He's out. He's, he's, he's snacking on a meat stick. All right. But... The returns that we are getting on the amount of money invested into the DOD, I just want to make sure that the returns are justifying the expense. That's all I'm saying. But don't you, I would not be surprised that because there is the stigma of people not wanting to be looked at as crazy 
who are not report like you cannot you cannot research something that has not been reported right yeah. and so not all of these sightings are being caught on film a lot of these are just sightings that humans are ha- using their eyeballs and seeing so I, I what they're saying is as the stigma is starting to disappear they're going to be able to get better accurate information about this stuff and thus be able to because we don't have cameras everywhere pointing every which way like a lot of this stuff is first eye witness testimony eyewitness testimony yeah that makes sense and i can concede that point but what if it was actually the spiritual realm or the multiverse breaking through our dimension whoa I'm telling you, that's what I think about when I hear about this stuff. Yeah, I think that goes along the conversation we were having last time about ghosts. So, it, yeah, it's possible. Does that... And I guess it goes into the idea that there are a lot of things that, that we don't necessarily know or that we can't necessarily explain right now. And I'm okay with that because I know that that these very well could be in the spiritual realm. But do we want to explain away every UFO as a as a floating orb spirit? I mean, I feel like that's what we're doing with saying it's an alien. Because we've been calling ever since the 50s and like the whole fascination with Roswell and Sputnik and everything society has been obsessed with extraterrestrials and i feel like if there's anything unexplainable in the skies people automatically um talk aliens but it what's interesting to me because i'm doing uh i'm taking another class through the bible project but this class is specifically on heaven and earth and in the first couple sessions we're just working on trying to understand ancient israelite cosmetology not cosmetology that's makeup (laughs) cosmology And they essentially um, believed that um, the sky was, uh, that's where, you know, birds, obviously, the kingdom of birds, but the kingdom of the air was, that was also where the spiritual realm was. And so I just, learning about that at the same time that this article came out, that is interesting to me because I just thought, like, we are seeing these unidentified phenomena in these skies and so to me that kind of linked up with what you know if an ancient Israelite saw what we were seeing they would assume it was something of a spiritual nature yep yeah I see that I could see that and I'm not saying that that I'm saying that that is entirely possible and would be an okay explanation to me it makes me feel better. I would rather it be a spiritual context than aliens. I, oh, this, I forgot to tell you this too, because you were working that night. But the, the within an hour of me reading this article, I decided, oh, what a really good time to watch War of the Worlds on Netflix. <laughs> Which, you've seen War of the Worlds, right? Yeah. Which is about the aliens attacking us. And it's the remake with Tom Cruise. Let me tell you, it was a poor choice on my part. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a poor choice. I didn't finish it because it scared me too much. Good, good. But that's all headlines with Allie. Yep. So I've got, I've got two more questions associated with the drive. B, 
because, you know, as you go into new areas of the country, you see new and different things. As you're driving, there are a lot of, how to put it, uh, sideshow attractions maybe. I don't, I don't know what to say. So, on this drive, I, I want to ask you two questions. The first question being, what is your favorite gas station that we don't have in Texas that you have seen on this drive? Like a name of a... Oh, I don't know if I can say that. <clears throat> I don't know if I can say the name of that gas station on the air. Yeah, so there are some weird gas stations out here. Some of them are... are what? What's a... Well, what would you call that? I don't want to say sexual... Innuendo. Yeah, there are some that are just very, very clear innuendos, innuendos, and then there's others that are just like, just blatantly obvious about what they're trying to get you to do. What's your favorite gas station? Casey's by far. Well, I've Casey's. never heard of that. Why is that your favorite gas station? Casey's is my favorite. They had them where I grew up. They they have a cute little thing. They've got day after donuts that are usually pretty good and they're yummy. And they also so they also make pizzas. Most gas stations, yeah, you're like, okay, Casey's pizza, gas station pizza, that's weird. But Casey's legit has like a, a pretty good pizza place in their gas stations. And my favorite is their taco pizza. Gross. So if you ever find yourself at a Casey's during lunchtime, see if they've got some taco pizza available. And I think you will leave surprised. Maybe pleasantly, maybe not, but at the very least, you will be surprised. Um, thank you so much for that update. Would you, as your as our final send off, I think our sponsor, not sponsor, should be the place that we're about to go to. Would you like to do your spiel? Well, you didn't answer. So the other question. I don't have first. a favorite gas station. No, not the favorite gas station. The second part of that question is, of all of the different roadside attractions that we have seen on this drive, what is the either genre or specific roadside attraction that you would feel would get you to stop on I guess on a road trip probably the world's largest belt buckle that looked like that was I next time we're up in the area we should go check that one out what about you I really do like the world's largest category we also had the world's largest rocking chair yeah yeah and Earlier, we saw the world's largest gift shop. I didn't see that. Yeah, we drove past it. We, <laughs> we, <laughs> we drove past it. The other thing that... Maybe this isn't a roadside attraction, but I was I was surprised by... Oh, man, I am not... I'm not driving. I'm too busy talking. Um, what The thing that really surprised me were all the dead armadillos. There were a lot of dead armadillos. I was amazed by how many dead armadillos there were. I wouldn't I would not categorize that as a roadside attraction though. No, just an observation. But so on this drive obviously we haven't gotten any uh, any free things. 
I've been wearing a hat, but it's an older hat. They've already not sponsored the show. But we're gonna make we're gonna make one stop, one special stop. It is gonna be at a knife factory outlet store. I forget the exact name. It's exit 127 in Missouri on Interstate I-44. So if you're ever driving in this area, you're going to see it's like the the Shady Hills factory outlet. They've got Wustoff. They've got Benchmade. They've got Case. They've got Chicago. They've got... They've got Buck. They also have Lodge and, and some other thing. So I'm just curious, what don't they have? Something for me to do. <laughs> so I'm really excited to go there. I'm just confused, though. Like, are all these knives, do they make all of these knives at this location? Or is this just like a distribution center where some knives just kind of end up on the floor? What are these deals? Is the outlet going to be like 10% off retail? Are these going to be fake knives? I think you should prepare yourself to be disappointed. I am I am ready to be disappointed, but I've got a cautious optimism. Okay. Well, with that, I think we should go to Jacob Mosey to sign us off. Yep. With that, we're going to ask Jacob Mosey to sign us off. Bye, Sam. We got to go. <laughs> Bye. Bye.